Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com, check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I'm really excited to have John Wolf and CJ McFarland from Onnit today to discuss us the whole idea of human optimization and optimizing athletes. So we start out talking about, you know, where Onnit actually fits in this whole sport performance world and the things that they're looking at um, to serve us as coaches and to serve your athletes. We then get into what human optimization actually is, where it came from, and, and what it means to each of them perspectively and how they program because of it. Uh, you know, we get to the basis of their education, where they start, you know, from the ground up and working into how they implement educational classes for different pieces of equipment that they offer. Um, you know, and then we finish off talking about the future of on it and where both of them see it going. It's it's really an awesome talk, guys, when you're talking with coaches and people that are involved um, in, in different forms of education for coaches. I really find it enlightening, and, and I really enjoy it. So I hope you guys enjoyed the talk as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on with us today. Hey, thanks for having us, Coach. Yeah, so let's start this out. So some people will be watching, some people will be listening, hopefully listening, not watching when they're driving their cars here. Uh, let's get a little intro so everybody can tell the voices and know who's talking when each is talking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my name is John Wolf. I'm the chief fitness officer at Onnit Labs. Uh, that that gets me doing a lot of fun stuff. Sounds official if I say CFO, but it really is a unique title of fitness officer. So overseeing everything fitness related for this uh burgeoning supplement company that that kind of delved into fitness equipment and realized that they needed to develop some education around all these unconventional tools they're putting into the making available to the marketplace. So uh, coming in to uh, initially just develop education, uh, we opened a gym. Uh, CJ here is one of our amazing coaches at the facility that specializes in strength training and uh, uh, of a more conventional flavor than a lot of what we do. So we, we're known for swinging, you know, kettlebells, maces, clubs, uh, the use of sandbags, battle ropes. And then the, the big thing is, is we were an inclusive and integrative philosophy. So, uh, everything that works, we want to be part of the whole of on it. And, uh, you having CJ there definitely is a big part of that because, uh, people need to get strong in the conventional sense as well. So I'll let him kind of intro himself and maybe uh, share a little bit of what his philosophy is on that. Yeah, so uh, I'm CJ McFarland. As John Wolf said, I'm the head strength coach here at Onnit Academy. I work primarily with athletes, so developing you know sports performance for adolescents all the way to the professional level, as well as some general population as well. Um, 
still work alongside the audit principles. Just like you said, I explore more into the barbell realm, things like that, conventional methods, but really highly influenced on the durability aspects as well. So making sure that while they're taking those heavy loads that they are staying safe and they're able to perform for a long period of time. Yes. So then let's take a step back. One thing that whenever I've talked with any of the people involved in your company, the, the first thing that they talk about is, you know, we're not an equipment company. We're not a supplement company. We are a human optimization company. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what that is and why that's important. Yeah, definitely. You know, our, our founder and CEO, Aubrey Marcus, he's, he's a philosophy major out of uh, University of Richmond originally, I believe. So, yep. uh, so you know, his approach is, is rather esoteric. He's been known to uh, explore very unconventional means for personal development. And, and what I mean by that, he's known for uh, sharing a lot of information around uh, plant medicine or even psychedelic use for the development of uh, spirituality. And so uh, and a big proponent of, of, of that side of things. But also that's just tapping into kind of this understanding that the framework of convention doesn't necessarily apply. We're looking at spirituality, personal development, um, you know. Things like meditation and sleep optimization, uh, obviously nutrition, because we started as a supplement company, but movement is a big part of the equation as well. So we're trying to look at this from a bird's eye view, you know, human development from a bird's eye view. What what is all what is encompassed in total human optimization? And what we find is that that definition is very broad. So we find ourselves uh, involved in things like uh, float tanks, so sensory deprivation tanks, or cryotherapy, we're always integrating new information. Um, and that's kind of kind of the responsibility we take on as a total human optimization company. We're looking at trying to, to be on the cutting edge of what it takes to optimize human performance in every facet of life. And it's looking at it as a strength coach, this is different, you know, like, the, the, the whole grand scheme of things, and we all talk about it, right? How it's like, oh, we want to build well-rounded athletes and this, that, and the other thing. But for the most part, it's it's a lot of guys that are probably a little shorter than they should be to play the sport, a little bit bigger than they should be to play the sport, and just, you know, clanging and banging big weights. So how does this fit in, this whole idea of optimization, is someone looking at it from the strength coach's perspective? And well, it's really important. Like like you said, everybody talks about it, but we really do it here at Onnit. So um, recovery is like a huge part of our athletes. Um, as you may well know, like as soon as they finish the weight room, they have to already start start into the recovery process. So we'll do that. We'll get them um, back to the sympathetic or parasympathetic state, have them relax, go into some cryotherapy if they need it. We have massage therapists on hand. So you know we. We try to give them the best scenario possible to advance in their sport, perform to the best of their ability, as well as perform, like I said, at a long period of time. So injury shouldn't be the reason why they have to end their career. They should just do that on their own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
the the reality is on as far as our education at, at the academy, we look at ourselves as a longevity and performance system. So in and prioritizing those things in that order, uh, as far as most of the unconventional methodologies we teach, we're really looking at simplifying the approach to optimizing movement, right? And so what's really fun is if the overarching principles are prioritizing longevity, and you heard uh, CJ bring up the term durability, which is kind of an in-house term that encompasses a whole whole diverse set of tools that we use, again, to bring uh, athletes or general population from that that state of training, that very sympathetic state back down to a parasympathetic state so they can get get back to life and not be overly charged up or overly stressed out all the time. And uh, so we do that with a variety of different methodologies, uh, open open chain joint mobility, uh, ground-based movement, we're using ground reactive forces to kind of educate the nervous system about, hey, you know, I'm not really stable. You know, you see a lot of this with technology, you know, methods like DNS or uh, even, you know, functional movement systems, uh, inspired training systems a lot of times. Um, and then and then we're always looking at when we're incorporating a lot of these these tools that I think a lot of people, um, they, they like to explore their use because they're novel for one. And then two, uh, it's kind of sexy. You know, the brand is sexy and uh, and especially uh, because of that, because of the celebrity attachment we have to the brand, a lot of people that that uh, individuals might look up to have attached value to the brand. So they're willing and able to explore well, what does a mace do? And and it's engaging and fun. But it, behind that, we put uh, an education system that's really we feel is, is very sound and allows these people to explore these novel tools and novel methods with the, the underpinnings of, of again, a longevity and performance-based system. So we simplify things. Um, when we have these sub-maximal loads, we're really looking for rotary uh, rotary control, rotary stability. They, we want to be able to see that these athletes or these individuals can control rotation. And we find that that's a new and novel way to define strength outside of just measuring how much weight can be lifted, right? Can you own your position? And we say well, a mace is an offset load is constantly pulling you in one direction or the other, well, how how well can you ground out these forces and not give into this rotary input? And, uh, you know, anytime someone's on the, the field of play, uh, the, a lot of the things that they have to interact with are, are inputs that are asymmetrical. So can they can they control their body against these rotational loads and, uh, and correct and make make good decisions, a good, good uh, solutions to these problems in real time. And uh, that's something that, that I think it's, it's hard to quantify the value of because a lot of the measurements are, are subjective. It's the coach's eye. But, and the athlete's sense of awareness with, with these tools and moving through space, accelerating, decelerating loads. Um, but, but what we found is uh, we're continually seeing people reap the benefits of of that and in balance with stuff that CJ brings to the table with strength, conventional strength training and, uh, and being able to load the body to, to, uh, to develop strength in the traditional sense that one, two punch is, is becoming very evidently very powerful. 
Oh, 100%. You know, and just looking at it as a motor learning standpoint, just putting them in situations where they need to solve general problems before you put them in specific, I mean, it's been talked about forever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just that's just a great thing. Now, CJ, piggybacking on that, because obviously everything that we're doing over here is education-based. Now, and I have good friends and colleagues in the field who have been really involved taking these classes, uh, one of which Mark Megna out of uh, Miami. He actually was a football player here. Uh, I trained with him a few times. It was, it was an interesting experience. Mark can get after it a bit. But when you were, if, as a strength coach, if you're looking at this, what could you tell to the coaches out there that would separate what you guys do education-wise um, and why more people should be involved in it? Because I think that there's a lot of things that you guys do that are very unique that coaches should be more involved in. Yeah, I mean, a big a big part of training is like chaotic movements, um, which a lot of people do. They implement bands or things like that. But that's where some of the steel mace or the steel club, things like that come in play because that does teach you how to create stability through the entire body. Right? So now you can do it with load instead of doing like a chaotic band push-up. Now you can add and progress through a 10-pound mace, 20-pound mace, and so forth, which I think is, is really important as everything should be tracked, so you can add through that in a, in a progression sense. No, that's awesome. And then, so, there's a, a wide variety of stuff, too, that you guys do with education. So let's maybe start expanding on that so people can have a better understanding of, you know, what, what they could be learning and, and why they should. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been pretty... Ex- extensive in the development of, of new courses. So I could kind of go through the handful that we have right now and and hopefully I can shed some light on the fact that it's it's not purely about, okay, it's just tool, right? But each tool, whether it be a hammer or a wrench, uh, whatever the tool is, it has a certain value proposition, right? There's certain scenarios that it's going to really highlight the value of having that tool. And that's no different when it comes to exercise equipment. Right. So um, our, our foundational body of work, literally our foundations course, is, is something that looks to simplify what seems very complex from the outside looking in. So if we look at a uh, I really like uh, a lot of what Dan John does to simplify the, the framework of looking at exercise. And so you're looking at squat, hinge, push, pull. Of course, he has a load to carry component as well, mm-hmm. which I usually just look at challenging, uh, challenging a, a, a neutral posture, right under load and moving with gait. So, so if we if we're looking at just the first four squat, hinge, push, pull, and we look at defining different variations of those mechanics, those movement patterns, and and the why there'll be variations. And we do that through exploring the use of several of those unconventional tools. So starting with body weight, uh, going suspension training for more of assistance, then getting into something a little more dynamic, uh, a sandbag, which is, is very safe and approachable compared to a piece of metal that bangs into your body potentially. Uh, so from the sandbag going to a battle rope and the battle rope, um, highlighting uh, the fact that most people look at battle ropes as a very singularly focused tool, just a purely conditioning focused tool, but we, we show how you can use it in a variety of different ways um, to reinforce or challenge these patterns. From the battle rope into the kettlebell, 
kettlebell, we're starting to look at displaced load, right? But it's still very strength oriented. And then uh, moving from the kettlebell onto the club, which is a further displaced load, and then the mace. Um, and so when we're, we're, we're going through those foundations, essentially we're basically saying like, well, hey, look at when the tool changes, sometimes the positions that you've that are optimal for your body to be in changes because the levers change because uh, the position that the proximity to the ground in terms of the handholds might change and therefore you have to change your mechanics. And so we start looking at, well, there's no perfect squat. There's the, the right squat given the circumstances. So we have to contextualize movement. And that's kind of the lesson of foundations is to, to be a thinking coach on the fly. You're problem solving movement on the fly. Um, from there, durability, which CJ was talking about, is the other the other foundational body of work, and that's this whole body of work that uh, that uh, is more about recovery. So, so joint circles and ground-based movement and uh, sequenced ground-based movement that might have some inspiration in a variety of restorative training methodologies like functional movement systems and uh, – and even yoga, right? But done in a way where uh, a lot of what the recurring theme in there is the fascial health. And so fascial and joint health. So really, and down regulation of the nervous system. And so that's two days of just exploring that as an, uh, the opposite side of the coin for the foundations, which is very work focused. Uh, then we have all the individual specializations. So where we look at uh, the steel mace itself being an offset load with a, a long lever handle, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can hold it with two hands and essentially that closes the, the chain of the upper body. But with that offset load, it really informs the body of, especially this, the, a certain level of scapular engagement, it understands how to push and pull. You know, that push-pull arrangement that uh, a lot of us maybe, uh, maybe knew better than the current generation, what old school uh, physical labor was like, you know, shoveling yards of dirt or mm -hmm. gravel <laughs> and, um, and not very many tools kind of tap into that. Um, so the mace, it really does a great job of that. And all of our courses have a, a recurring theme. Uh, so say the foundations, uh, it's the power of principles. Durability is resilience in recovery. The mace is revel in rotation because what we're saying is each tool has the ability to highlight something new for our body. Um, the club itself is a, is a tool that allows for more rotary movement and exploration of multiplanar movement skills. And by swinging them, uh, you're constantly moving this tool through an arc across your midline and, and potentially changing from in front to behind your body. And these arcs, these large, larger arcs, they're very uh, proprioceptively stimulating uh, because you're extending the lever of your body. You're extending the space you, you own, essentially. And, and as we swing, the, the, we find that there's an upregulation of uh, nervous system energy. So we, the terminology we use for that, the hashtag is the vortex of vitality. Right, so you're, you're you're swinging, you're creating these arcs of motion, and and then kind of charging up your battery, kind of like a generator, right? So it's we have these current these themes, and and in terms of that vortex of vitality, using that energy is a way to load and unload the body in large in large segments. So more like these large fascial lines being loaded and unloaded, using stored elastic energy as a source for generating movement or generating 
uh, the ability to do work. So, and then we have more courses, but I, obviously I, I don't want to keep on going into each one, but each one has a unique value proposition, much like that. No, I, I think that what's really important is something that we've talked about on this show a couple times is that when people take thoughts or methods or tools or whatever it may be, and they take it and you go and it's like, oh, well, this is how they say they use it, but we're going to put our own little twist on it. Sometimes that's really not what you should do. Like you really need to learn this is how it's supposed to be used. This is how you use it. This is what it's good for. It's not a hammer. It's a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to put a nail in the fence. You're going to have to drill it in. Um, so I think that courses like that where so many people get so excited to buy new toys and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go and go and go. Like that's how people get messed up. You know, so then now looking at it from the coaching end, um, where do you see all these things fitting in, CJ? Like, how do you, as as a guy who's who's going to be similar, more so, to to the people who you know are typically stuck in college basements, having these kids, you know, just throwing weights around. Where do you see these, and how these implements and these methods can fit in with the with the college coaching people that we would we would talk to regularly? So there's a couple, there's probably like two main ways that I see this really implemented. Um, the first way that we use them often is going to be on a restorative day. So for example, if somebody's training with us four times a week, we'll do a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday split, and then allow them the option to come in on Wednesday and do more of some ground-based flows or working with the steel clubs, steel mace, things like that. Things that aren't going to tax the nervous system, but are still going to allow some blood flow back into the body and get them ready for essentially the Thursday that they're uh, going to come in and do some strength training stuff. Then another way that I like to use it is accessory movements. So you don't always have to use, you know, dumbbells or anything like that. You can always implement, you know, you can do some reverse lunges with a steel, with a steel mace and have some offset load in there as well. So you're working stability as well. Um, I think those are like the two, two main important ways to implement them. Yeah, and the other thing you might be able to see a lot of value in, and this is something we see with a lot of the coaches that come in, uh, transitional movement skills. So a lot of the rotary movements have a component that has a direct carryover into specific applications, sport-specific or position-specific applications. And so when, when we're looking at somebody who has a hard time turning over their hip, doing a whole bunch of bilateral movement isn't going to help with that necessarily. And so we can look at that in an unloaded fashion, but also in a loaded fashion, which has high carryover, especially when, it, when again, we're looking at accelerating and decelerating load, right? And so a lot of times, you know, conventional tools are not ideal for that. You're crossing the front of your body. You're not going to move a barbell laterally across the front of your body a lot of times, but you have you have a club with this slim profile, and you're able to move across the front of your body in a, in a lateral swinging motion or something like that. Um, depending upon what type of sport your athlete's playing, uh, say we just look at baseball or golf, and, and someone's moving, you're swinging this weight or this this implement in one direction all the time. Uh, so there, there's definitely 
the propensity for overtraining is a big issue, right? And so being able to strengthen essentially the brakes using the opposite direction, uh, going through the opposite direction of training and generating force in the opposite direction, it has the opportunity to develop some level of symmetry in something in a, an athlete that's purely asymmetrical, right? So um, a lot of times what we'll find is that there's a lot of value in that. Or even if somebody has a hitch in the movement, being able to break up those movements, those big gross motor movements into micro movements and, and looking at it from a, a motor learning standpoint, uh, kind of a component learning theory, right? So we're looking at, well, we'll just look at this one component. And again, we do that in an unloaded fashion or with these tools as well. And I think that that's always a great way to go. Whatever we're doing, we're always looking at developing movement skills to through a three-step progression. It's a static fluid dynamic environment. So whereas from the outside looking in, you might see someone or even a mark uh, using a club or a mace, and the assumption might be like, oh, someone's just going to grab it and start swinging it. The reality of the situation is we're always looking at developing movement skills in that, that three-step process. So do you own the position? Well, before you, before you start moving, I want you to, to explore the, the end range positions that we're going to be moving into and out of and then how well can we move slowly between those two points before we start generating a lot of power i want to make sure we're not shooting a cannon from a canoe um, and then once we, once we kind of go through that process we are able to gradually ramp up the amount of power that's poured into the poured into the movement um, so that's a big part of of what we're always doing and it's not always so evident from the outside looking in but i take a take a definitely a, a big, uh, a, there's a lot of responsibility in introducing new tools into the environment of training and making sure that those principles are sound in which they're, they're presented so that, again, like you said, there's a lot of training systems out there that are, are chaotic, not only in the, in the methods, but seemingly in the approach that they're being taught. And we certainly do not want to fit into that category. No, because that's when bad things can happen and not, uh... So going with that, with new tools and new toys and new directions and this and that, what's on the horizon? So where is this going now? You know, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, a lot of what we're now looking at doing is it's really about strategic partnerships more than anything else. The door opens uh, for us. We're not we're not in the position where we want to go out and, and go head to head with a lot of people. We're really looking at developing uh, high value propositions for people that would like to partner. And so uh, we're constantly in talks with other organizations that are well known for education. Uh, Equinox has been a referral partner for us in the most recent past. We've really enjoyed working with their coaches. They take a, a, a pretty a serious approach to educating their trainers as far as what you see is a standard in, in the global gym kind of environment, uh, working with a variety of different coaches at different uh, different different college programs. Uh, so Frank Wintrick over at uh, he was at BYU. Now he's over in Virginia too, right? Yeah. And so he, he's in UVA, and, and we have a great relationship with him. Uh, going out and, and discussing again, like you said, well, how does this stuff apply in the context of a strength and conditioning program? Um, but continue to expand on, on those, those discussions. Uh, uh, recently, I just, this last weekend I was at Exo San Diego. We taught a seminar out there. Um, 
So constantly just looking at, well, who are the people that we want to partner with and really putting the information in their hands and seeing from their perspective how they would implement it in, in the context that you're speaking in a strength and conditioning program. Um, I would be, it'd, it'd be, I'm not, not experienced in doing what you do. So it'd be pretty presumptuous for me to say like, this is the way that you're going to get the best out of it. I have some theories and we can discuss that, but I, I would present all of that information to you and have you poke as many holes in it before we ever, before we ever kind of move the ball forward and pass that theoretical discussion. Um, and I look forward to those types of discussions because, um, you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, you know, more than anything else, I recognize the best thing I can do is what if I'm working with a special operations units or a strength coach to, to go in and know that, Hey, I, I might be a subject matter expert on something, but it doesn't necessarily position me as, as the ultimate resource. Uh, the people on the ground always are going to know a lot more about their programs and their athletes than, than I could. I just kind of have a set of ideas and tools that might be beneficial, complementary to what they do. And what do you think, CJ? What, which way in the coaching realm do you see these things pushing forward? Man, I think it's, I think it's just really important for everyone to kind of buy into that system as it'll help their, their athletes perform a little bit better, but it'll also help them, like I said, last longer. So we have a lot of guys that come to us, you know, eighth, ninth year in the NFL where they're already coming to the end of their career. They would do a summer with us and they're like, man, I really wish I had this my rookie year and things like that. So I think it's really important for especially college coaches to keep using our methods or implementing it somehow to allow their players to last longer through college and then the NFL as well or whatever sport that they're doing. Yeah, no, and I think that that's really an awesome spot to, to kind of leave it, is that it's, it's the end of the day, we, we need to make sure that we're taking care of the people that are taking care of us and, and that we're there with these kids and, and building them the right way and, and not just, you know, destroying them so that the time that they're, you know, mid-30s, that they all need hip and knee replacements and that they can't mm -hmm. do anything that, you know, when it comes to real life. Uh, and guys, we're going to make sure that we post a link to to all of those courses down here below because again I think that this is really vital stuff for coaches to make sure that you know at least take a look at because it's something that's going to help with the the preparation and then the durability of the the athletes whether you're working with high schools uh high school kids private sector collegiate student athletes pros whatever it may be you know just making sure that we're out there looking after them and taking care of them guys can't thank you enough for the time this is absolutely fantastic uh, thank you for having us on, Coach. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, yeah, Coach. Yeah, definitely. We will be in touch really soon. We'll definitely see, if not you guys, definitely some people from on it down here in July. Well, for you guys up here in July, uh, Northerners still thinking Virginia's in the South. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really exciting, and we're really stoked to have you guys on board. And, uh, and, and as I always tell Sally, tell, tell Joe Rogan, I said, what's up? <laughs> we'll do awesome Thanks. appreciate it fellas <laughs> have a great day See you have a good one. thanks and a huge thank you to john and cj for spending the time with us today guys you know i can't thank these men enough for spending the time with us and talking today and sharing how the company's been growing and the things that they offer for us as coaches to help our athletes get better i know a lot of people who have who have been able to take these classes i have not yet i look forward to in the very near future if this is something that interests you guys 
link below will take you right to their page that's got all the courses on it. Check them out. I mean, I, I think that, that one thing that's really important is that we make sure that whatever tools we're using, we're using them right and we're teaching them right and we're getting better at how we implement those those means of exercise to our athletes. Um, so yeah, gentlemen, thank you very much. Really appreciate the candidate open sharing um, and, and really excited to, to see the future with the company. And as always, guys, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, please post them below. If you enjoyed the talk, also please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Uh, if you haven't liked this on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, please follow away. And if you're not subscribed to Podomatic, iTunes, or YouTube, please, guys, go ahead, hit that button so you can stay up to date with everything. And if you enjoyed the talk, hit a like and maybe hit a share. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, and as always, guys, we thank you for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.